0: To the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sancho. Joined as always by the Homes to my Watson. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh elementary. And our very own Inspector Gadget. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how does it feel to be carried by a little girl and a dog?
1: Yikes.
0: <laughs>
1: I was I was like, wow, is he really gonna make me Moriarty? Nope. Gonna be Inspector Gadget. You know what? I'm beloved by kids everywhere. And then played by Matthew Broderick, which immediately makes my stock go down. So. I was
0: I was gonna make uh, you I was gonna make Kevin Hercule Perrault and just do like all famous detectives, but then I was like, I don't feel confident in French pronunciation except from when I go, uh, Matt Lefleur, a French coach, huh, 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 on the Quick Shot podcast. That's the, f- that's the <laughs> to
1: be fair, my <laughs> mom was uh, all into the Agatha Christie, the books and the movies, so it is a Hercule
0: Perrault. Yeah, sure. I, I I have no choice but to believe you because <laughs> I, no, I have no idea don't forget uh, the home i
2: would like to apologize hum. in advance for my voice i was at the game last night and my voice is wrecked that's right
0: get, get ready for a less kevin than ever and more eric than ever well, no, i'll still talk huh? you just
2: have to suffer through it
0: <laughs> huh okay let's get into wow. it wow um <laughs> uh, the, by the way thanks producer brett the, okay, let's get let's get right into it. The offense. Let's start on offense. We this or let's just go overall, large view, long view. This game, uh, this game it was, was the coming out party of the 2018 draft class. The the much maligned. Uh, we hate Rashad Penny, Rasheem Green. Why isn't he doing anything? The much maligned 28 draft class. Really stuck the middle finger straight out at every Seahawks Twitterer. You mean you can't
2: evaluate a draft class after only one season?
0: Yeah, exactly. This is news. We didn't know that. Three seasons. That's how long you need to give it. And uh, I think that this season is showing that the 2018 draft class might be a a low-key banger. It is really a really decent-looking draft class. You got – let's start with Puna Ford. Eric – what 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 in your deep in your heart how do you feel about Puna Ford?
1: I mean anyone who listened to this podcast for many years knows that all of us were very excited about Puna Ford and we're just really hoping he would make the team. We thought that this is a guy that could contribute possibly in the pass rush, but definitely at worst be a be a run stuffer for this team. And look at him he's he's graduated into the hearts of fans everywhere. Uh, this is a guy that. He's a sexy, sexy man. I mean, he's a plug-and-play guy well, that we can depend on. Well, speaking of sexy, can man. We take
0: that for granted. 2018 draft class, Dicko mode, Michael Dixon, uh, the Hunt pun hub. T- Kevin, 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 how do you feel about Michael Dixon? How's that How's that pick working for
2: Uh you? How does – how does uh, – um, how about, does Kuna
0: Ford feel about barbecue, man? He has eight, how how does, about eight uh, of the last 10 of his kicks have gone inside the 20? He's on yeah. fire right now. He's, he really... I think he listens to the podcast because he really is sticking it to me for like being like, I don't know if he's as good as last year. And then he's just been... Like his last 10 kicks have all Hang been and incredible. And, and I'm some like, all real right. real boomers the last um, couple games. Maybe the I just need to... So I'm going to keep criticizing him because I think it's working.
2: Not <laughs> to mention our coverage unit is just really coming into its own. Uh, it's something that I don't always think about when I watch it on TV, but... Seeing it again and again, our coverage unit is kids. It's a lot of first, second year players, uh, people who are hanging on to spots on the on the back end of the roster, right, especially
0: when Nico gets, keeps getting scratched because he can't. That guy just can't get healthy, man. He's a problem last year.
2: Travis Homer
0: and Ugo Amati. That guy,
2: he, that guy's maximum effort on the coverage yeah. team. Ugo Mity's yes. in the great. Vember Kervins look really Amati, good on the coverage Barton. team. Barton. are
1: you apologizing to Brian Schneider, Kevin?
2: Uh, no, he still sucks,
1: okay. but I, the
0: talent's definitely. Okay, I'll say him. this: when you make so those um, when you make a fake like that, that is a scout call by the special teams coach, one hundred percent. Um, I can tell you. That I can tell you that balls. from experience. When you make a call like that, that is a that is one hundred percent a the special teams coach saw something Gave on tape when you and, see this And said, like, if you see this, this is what we need to do and we'll practice it two times in practice and twenty nine friggin' and, yards. And, and I mean that good ups to Brian Schneider. He probably made his contract for the whole year worth it on that one play. Because to be honest, stuff like that is how a that's why a special teams coach gets paid for. That's absolutely uh, excellent. This is the secret after every –
1: Uh, primetime Seahawks win, Uh, sometimes losses, it doesn't happen much, but after every win I like to just geek out. I watch ESPN, I watch the press conferences live, I watch Deion Sanders gush over Russell Wilson on the NFL Network, and they showed that play in slow motion, and they showed Travis Homer's speed, but if you watch that in slow motion, three of the Minnesota Vikings picked that play up from the start. We just executed on the block. Mm-hmm. It was really. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's
0: when you when you, know, when you notice it on tape yeah. and you make and you can make that call. It's something that we, the read is going to be there. It's not. It's like a, it's too good of a play. It's like unstoppable. So awesome job by the special teams. And you know what, Brian Schneider got to give him credit. Maybe he maybe he's not as bad as I originally thought. No, he still sucks. All right. Uh, by the way, you said <laughs> all of the special teams. Uh, I think I owe Myers a bit of an apology. Um, uh, he Jason, got all of his misses J- out of the way. Jason May- Myers, hang him and bang him, baby. Never missed a field goal less than forty yards, and he never will. All right, Eric, let's back to you. <laughs> Twenty eighteen right. draft review. Trey Flowers, how you feeling about Ooh. the flu game? Trey Flowers, man, what a what a uh, performance, right? Man, Trey Flowers is everything I wanted. Brandon Browner to
1: be a guy who hits hard, who can just not give up big plays. Brandon Browner didn't always do those things. Yeah, he, he, he had the big plays, uh, the big hits, but he would give up a lot of big plays as well. Trey Flowers is maybe not as consistent as we want, but he's shaping up that like that true number two. I still want to see a little more consistency from him, but as far as a solid corner goes on an NFL playoff team, Trey Flowers is that guy. What a tough tackler, too. Was, just Trey yeah, Flowers is the just, most aggressive interception I've ever seen in my life. That was
2: such a good read, just to, just to step in, be confident on closing on the ball like yep. that. And understanding where the sideline was, and the fact that it was a third defender on that one, that was a that was a heads up play. Right. That was somebody who's comfortable in the system. It, it really made up for saw. the awful pass interference when he never turned around. Yeah.
0: Shikim Griffin, twenty eighteen draft pick, really coming into his own as a like a kind of a, a rush end defender and pressure I think
2: guy. Two pressures.
0: It, it took a it took a year for them to kind of figure out his best role. I think they really wished that he could be a coverage linebacker because you see the elite speed. You see the the measurables. and The safety experience. You think, okay, this guy could be an elite coverage linebacker, and those are at a premium in the NFL. But you turn on the tape from college, and you can see this guy was born to rush the passer, and they finally gave in and caved and said fine. You know what? We're not going to be able to retrain him to be a, a coverage guy. It's just not what it, it's not in his blood. It's not in his DNA. He needs to get after the passer. And boy, that speed move to get around the edge—he bends around the edge. It's just, it, it's looking real nice. Shaquem Griffin, real nice. Fifteen—he's going to be a career. He's a 15, 20 snaps a game. Comes in on third downs and just terrorizes defensive ends with this. speed. And skills. is a special teams god. Yeah, and just awesome on special teams. Uh, All right. He had
2: that. He had the force fumble in there at the
0: end. that Travis Homer recovered um, to seal the game. Okay, Kevin, back to you, round 4 120 2018 draft, Will Disley. He's a hurt, but, I mean, you obviously got to have big love for, oh, for Will, Will, right? Will Disley
2: is the ideal tight end for this system. Um, blocks like a tackle and runs routes like a fat wide receiver.
0: Okay, and uh, Eric, we've been the uh, the Rashad Penny apologist on this podcast. He was the round one pick in this season. Uh, What what did you see from Rashad Penny in this game?
1: Rashad Penny in this game was everything we want to see from Rashad Penny, meaning a compliment to Chris Carson. You got to see the true running game the Seahawks can have. Now, we won't need this every game, but we talked last week. It would be nice if we could see him share carries a little more and we think this is the game that's going to open it up. Well, indeed, the Vikings game was the game we opened it up. And Rashad Penny, we've always said, what can he do in open space? Look at the man in open space. That was crazy. He shifted two directions so effortless, effortlessly, he picked up two good blocks, but he also outran a guy on the backside and made two guys straight miss. He, get, awesome. he
0: gets going downfield, quick in a hurry. He yeah. make that's the I thing about Penny is he's very decisive. He makes a decision and just goes, and I think that that's really valuable. Uh, do you have a Rashad Penny comment, Kevin, other than like?
2: Yeah, two things on that. The haters. Uh, you know, one thing is he had five avoided tackles on 19 touches. Um, that's a that's a hell of a rate. Like, he was making a difference in the pass game and the run game. I liked the way we used him in the pass game. He had 33 yards, 50
0: yards after catch. He was a god on screens. Um, Rasheem Green, uh, the third-round pick in this draft, 2018 draft, uh, only got in for 11 snaps. I think they were putting him on a little bit of pitch count. Also, they... They've realized, I think as most have, that he's much better on running downs than a uh, run stopping than pass rushing. He's not a bad pass rusher by any means, but he is an elite run stopper at defensive end. He's tied at, with uh, three and, um, sacks. Well, in the second half, we got way up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they were like, "Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just maybe give him a, a break because I think he picked up a ding in the, early in the game." And so, yeah, it looked really really nice for Shem Green, really kind of coming into his own as an elite run stopper. And I mean, even the. Even a guy that's not on our team, Jacob Martin, has three sacks in the last uh, two games and has 10 total pressures in the last two games and was and it was an integral part of getting us Jadavian Clowney. So the 2018 draft, my review, uh, very, very good. Um, this is a draft class that is already showing that it has a, it's going to have a huge impact on Seahawks football for, for maybe years to come. And uh, very excited. I'm very excited about 2018 draft class. It was nice to see a draft class kind of grow – in this season and really come out in in an individual game like that really cool now let's go all around to the uh, defense we just talked about jadavian Clowney. is there a more disruptive player in the nfl right now i don't know what it would look like this guy is insane just uh like a battering ram that bounces all over the field uh just pushes guys straight back into dudes uh he doesn't need that
2: big red zone run stop
0: when he just came around and amazing teed off on the back has has pass rush moves but sometimes just decides doesn't i don't need him right now i'm just gonna run this guy straight back into the quarterback <laughs> yeah, my pass rush move is being 10 times the athlete of you yeah. and good scouting he knows just, the guys he's doing just that awesome against. he's any he, he's so smart roams around does makes interesting decisions like it's like having a like a like an extra just an just a extra, you know, really smart, like a middle linebacker kind of guy, like a Bobby Wagner, right? Like a guy that can make really good choices. Jadavian does that. He makes really good choices on a football field. I think
1: there's other guys that might, you could argue, are just as dis- disruptive or more disruptive. But they're constantly getting double teams. And Jadavian Clowney is moving around enough. He's a little more versatile. Plus, I, I think you got to give credit to our D-line and the way that Pete Carroll and staff use the D-line in a way that it keeps Jadavian from getting that double team every time. It's, I don't really know if he's a double team guy. I think that would be a waste. But since you have to man him up man to man, he becomes the most disruptive force on any defensive line because of that. I
0: mean, just to give you some, some like context on how he's played this year, he has uh, 213 snaps at Leo, 162 snaps at right. So, I mean, he's basically playing equal amounts on both sides, you know, a little bit more on left than right. And he's also played some 83 snaps to stand up left outside linebacker. He's played, uh, Ten snaps of defensive tackle. You know, he's he's just kinda all over the place. He's also appeared on two punt returns, guys. So, you know, yikes. I don't know why that <laughs> happened, but it did. So so, uh, yeah. The, 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 he wasn't the returner, though, guys. Don't worry. Jadavian Clowney, the fact that he can kind of line up on both sides doesn't really need to be in one spot to get his pass rush set working is really, really useful. It messes up their defense their, or their offense. They have to scheme their protection to to fit what he's doing. And like Eric said, his ability to be on both sides of the line now makes it difficult because it's like, okay, Jadavian's over here now. Okay, now we what are we going to do to stop that? And it frees up things for other dudes.
2: The other thing that's really cool with the way that we're using the line is uh, we're putting him and Quim Griffin on the same side. That's a disgusting amount of speed on one side. Yeah. Especially we'll do that and then we'll put yeah. you know uh Quentin Jefferson and Jaron Reed in the middle and then have Kendricks uh rushing as a outside linebacker from the other side. So on like a third down five man rush set, and it's just it's really, really hard for a defense to deal with because it's a lot of
0: disruption. So we said last week the weakness of the defense uh, the defensive line or the offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings was through the middle. And we said this might be a, another great Quentin Jefferson game. And it was a fine Quinton Jefferson game, decent performance. He had a he had a pressure, played some solid uh, end in defensive tackle like he is wants to do, but it was the Jaron Reed his back party. Six yep. six pressures, three hits, three hurries. Jaron Reed was back being his normal, uh, disruptive self. And uh, it's been great to see Jaron Reed kind of, um, you know, get back into uh, game mode, get used to playing next to Jadavian instead of Frank, who I know is like his best friend. So maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe there's just been a learning curve there. Because it might be difficult to play next to Clowny the way he kind of freelances a little bit and makes a few of his own decisions. That might be something that is tough for Jaron to deal Stylistically, with. Stylistically, he, he's very different from Frank Clark. Yeah. So so now he's getting used to it. And it seems like it's really coming into its own. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, Eric, you've been on the Shaquille Griffin train the whole year. Shaquille Griffin, now number one cornerback.
1: Of course, yeah. I mean he's he's had a year where you have to give that to him, unless he has some sort of serious regression. Let's hope he doesn't do that. Uh, this is this is our number one corner. This is a guy that, frankly, his first That's year was my cornerback, was, man. He's my cornerback. His first year was just fine. Uh, last year he was dealing with an injury. He seemed to be a little late on everything. I don't know what that and he, was. And he said
0: he was pressing. He said, I I was having difficulties last year because I felt like I had to be Richard Sherman. And it looked like it. And, uh, yes. and, and he was pressing.
1: And he also said that having the, his brother on the team was a little... He didn't say... Stre- he said it was stressful, but he started to say stressful and then he changed his words which tells me it was stressful maybe in a in a good way like he was so excited he didn't little bit a little do. bit maybe distracting though yes and uh, too much energy too much like he was getting hyped yeah and we can i think we can close the book on Shaquille Griffin question marks this guy is someone it's someone that i i slot in when he goes down and is tended to by trainers like a few a few games ago it makes me take a deep breath because he's that important to the d that important to the team and He's respected by everyone. Everyone leaves him alone on that side. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, really the, nice. So what this, I'm
2: hearing is whether or not he's a shutdown number one. He's at the very least a quality. Uh, he can be your guy.
1: He is our guy. I don't think he's a shutdown, but I don't, I don't need that, man. He I, is, need, I need a guy
0: who's going to maybe give up a big play, but be just consistently good. He is a rock, though. He's played 511 snaps this year. That is second in the league among all uh cornerbacks. And that's a lot that's a lot of snap. We put a lot of pressure on him. Of guys who have taken more than 400, 450 snaps, he's second in NFL rating against behind Huh? Sherman? Huh? 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 Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean that it's 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 a uh, it's been a it's been a uh Oh, wait, Tredavious White's out of him. I didn't see him down there. All right, so he's there. They're second and third. So it's just been a really good season. They've been not been allowing a lot of yards. Uh, he's been running really well. And I've, I'm really happy with the develop, continued development of Shaquille Griffin. He looks really good when you watch him on the tape, too. And you, he, you're starting to see. Last year, I think one thing, source of frustration I was with Shaquille Griffin is I didn't feel like he played with the speed that he showed at the combine. Um, Shaquille Griffin ran a 4.3840. He should look fast. And we he, talked about and he it all year often, and He show. often looked slow last year, and it was very frustrating for me. And I'm starting to think what Eric thinks, which is that it might have just been the nagging injury because he looks fast this year, yeah. like really fast. His
1: movements are more compact, like it was in his first yeah. year.
0: Yeah, and, it, and it's well keeping up with Diggs. Diggs is not an
2: easy player to keep up with. I, uh, Stephon Diggs for. Oh, I, th- uh, Minnesota. I thought you
0: were going to talk about Quandre Diggs. No, we're going to uh, talk about him
2: next. I want to finish praising Shaquille Griffin first. Okay, okay. The only issue was the one zone breakdown yeah. where uh, Treadwell didn't get handed off a, and ended up wide open. He had a, uh, like I like the quote afterwards, too, where he told Treadwell, like... Uh, you think that that was you good? That was us making a mistake, basically. And he's like, "Yeah, I was in his ear the rest of the game, knowing if we were manned up, he wasn't gonna get anything."
0: Yeah, I, that's on Quandre and Brad. Like that's yeah. a that's a dual mistake. They should really credit to both of them. The, one of those guys needs to stay at home, and they both kind of messed it up. Both had a really good game. A pretty good game, though. Quandre had a bad missed tackle, but he killed a guy literally yep so i that's worth it to me anyone who commits it's a murder on the field like that is uh, i'm for it
1: when you when you don't see him on your tv screen and then all of a sudden he's on your tv screen with a
2: bang that's, that's yeah it's cool.
0: like i thought that play was going for a first down i was like oh man that guy's gonna like kind of move forward and he just like yeah. stopped him dead yeah like <coughs> dead uh, being the operative word there like seeing cody barton get on the field for 11 effective snaps he had eight uh, dropped into coverage eight times maybe Maybe he's a little bit better answer to the uh, the, the three linebacker set um, and, and looking good in coverage. I'm not 100% sure. It's hard to say because this Vikings offense looks different without Thielen. Um, this it,
2: Vikings offense was very reliant on their tight ends because the pass rush was dialed up for Seattle. They had to get rid of the ball fast. They did a ton of throws to the tight end. Yeah, so they, they threw five passes to Rudolph three to Irv Smith who got murdered and two to Conklin, their third string tight end.
0: Yeah, and th- that's a thing. I think Thielen's out. It just changes the the complexion of what they have to do, and it worked in our favor because I think if Thielen's there, they play a lot more three wide receivers, and it does make our life more difficult because we're not as good at defending three wide receivers as we are at defending two tight ends.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to see Akeem King trying to handle him in the slot. Yeah. Like, I would have hoped that we'd have busted out Omadi, but I just don't trust that to happen. Yeah,
0: I don't know if they're going to... They, they might be saving that one. That's, that's like the secret weapon, dude. That's for the play.
2: I tell you what I do like though you see so many plays with Quandry Diggs and Brad shifting who's in the box who's back who's over the tight end in man coverage like there's a really comfortable rotation between those two players they are capable of quickly handing off who's handling what and it's it's a big asset I think that's one of the big difference makers in what the defenses look like is no matter what the offense is doing on the other side we don't have to change up personnel in order to address it anymore.
0: This is a team with a very scary run game that we played against this week. Dal- Dalvin Cook gets going. The Vikings seems to be unable to lose. Uh, and so Bobby and Wagner didn't. and KJ Wright said no. Seven combined run stops, 16 tackles. Uh, they gave up some some stuff in the past game, but they said no, we are not losing to this run game. And it... It looked really good. They Nine looked, attempts, twenty-nine yards. That's nothing. That was they. They went. They went after the run game and made sure that that did not beat us. We're gonna put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands. We're gonna make sure Cousins gets out here. And uh, and
2: he of the fifty-eight percent completion percentage, not getting it done. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, that's Cousins had a decent game. I don't want to totally blame but him. But it like, was also bolstered by the. But there's a couple of fluky ball. plays that. And
2: oh my god, we got burned on uh, friggin' uh, uh when Ru- Russ was
0: too, when Russ was too short to spike it,
2: yeah, that was embarrassing for him.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, if he was a if he was only three inches taller, he would have been able to spike that right into the ground. I'll give uh, I'll give our defense a lot of first credit time his height has mattered for Kirk Cousins, <laughs>
1: <laughs> for Kirk Cousins having the game he did, fifty eight percent completion completion percentage, uh, a lot of dump down screens. This is how you go against the Seahawks. It's not necessarily how you beat us, but it's what we give up, and that's that's a testament to our defense.
0: All right, we said the scariest thing about the Minnesota Vikings, they have two awesome defensive ends, and they're they, they, are, they are terrifying, and if those guys get going, our life can be a nightmare. And Hunter the, had a good day. The Seahawks allowed seven total pressures, and three of them were Wilson's, totally Wilson's fault. Yeah. <laughs> like 100%. Eternity to throw. Uh, like, hey, dude, you had, like, a long time to just throw that over Chris Carson's head, dude. Uh, there was, like, one really notably bad uh pass block in this game and i thought other than that the pass blocking in this game was routinely excellent and when we're against good defensive end like that if we can block like this against good defensive ends this team is is terrifying i would not want to play against this offense if they're going to pass block like that that was nuts i was very impressed also george fant for insane 41 snaps uh, only ran one pass route, which is like such a disappointment. Cowards! G- give me a give me a break. Forty one snaps at tight end, and here's the thing about Fant. Okay, he led the team in tight end snaps, which is bizarre. <laughs> he and, did really? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Hollister had thirty three, and Fant had forty one. And I I'm just gonna <laughs> say. Also, they had one play where it, did you see, see this play? Fant started out at tight left tight end. They shifted the whole line one spot to the side. Okay, and they had, uh, so Fant was, was now playing left tackle, and, and uh, Brown, was Brown was playing left, left guard. guard. Yeah. And uh, then Eupati was at right guard. They had him move over to the other side of the center, and then Afeddy was playing tight end on the other side with Fluker at right tackle. Very Trick interesting play. way to, to shift the line, and if you think about it, it really works because... Fluker knows how to play tackle. So he's not like out of position. He was drafted to be an offensive tackle. So now they've got this weird formation where they, they looked like they were gonna run set heavy to the left and now we're gonna run set heavy to the right. Stuff like that mixes up this stupid heavy set we always put in there, which honestly is like not my favorite. But if they can add little wrinkles to it like that, put stuff like that on tape that teams have to think about, that's the kind of stuff that can make this at least passable. Did you see
2: the one where we lined up Fan at fullback and then motioned him to tight end? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of fullback. Don't want to see Fant in motion. That's a really fullback. Except to run routes to catch passes. Um, wow, screen, you don't know screen when the fan but I just like was really impressed by the passing block, and I mean it shows in Russell Wilson's passing stats he and just, the run blocking though. Just, just looked real decent. The run blocking was good. It, you know, it, was, it it was serviceable. I'm not like super impressed. A lot of the yards came after contact, like always.
2: Yeah, but still, we're talking about Car- uh, Carson at 4.4 yards per attempt, 3.2 of them were after contact earlier in the season if he had 4.4 yards per attempt 4.8 of them were coming after contact That's true. you know they did a little better uh, penny had 2 yards after contact he had almost 5 yards per carry so they're not like elite run blockers but it's respectable and i like the way that we're trying to play around with how to get penny into space on in the run game you know we'll do 3 wides With uh, tight ends split out, and then we'll do a toss out of the shotgun. We're running a lot more out of shotgun with these backs.
0: Do you know something I saw in this game that I really liked? Something we have not seen from the Seahawks this year was a full-on willingness to find a matchup and continually pick on it. They are targeted Anthony Barr seven times and Xavier Rhodes six times in the past game. They went after those dudes. They were just like, hey, who's Xavier Rhodes on? Pass it to Decaf Metcalf. You know, pass it. Uh, <laughs> Drift at, King. At, dude. D, that DK. You would. You probably didn't watch it because you watched only watched the trun- truncated tape. There was a point in the game where the announcer Tresator called DK Metcalf Decaf Metcalf with. Decaf. Like, decaf Metcalf And he, it was like De- he did it he did it hard. DK he like, Metcalf. He was like decaf Metcalf. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> I cannot stress you now. I'm yeah. pretty sure I'm gonna make it my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> like that or am I gonna get a Metcalf jersey custom that says decaf, decaf. on Did you on see
2: it? the one that said 74 and the name player name was eligible? Yeah, I saw that a couple
0: weeks that ago. That was good. It's pretty funny. Uh okay. The um, That's the one we should get you. Barr. They went after him with Hollister, with Penny, with Carson out of the backfield. They went after Xavier Rhodes. They, they even went after Trey Waynes a little bit, although not as much because he's actually good. So what I like, though, is that they really went after these bad matchups, which in the past was something the Seahawks didn't always do. The Seahawks would sometimes just be like, oh, we're, gonna keep, we're just going to keep running our regular offense. We're not going to attack this bad player that's on the other team. Not the case this week. Can I, can I talk about our right one big pass that. play? Sure. So, Russ was one for six David Moore's on 20+. Over, plus Overdue for that play, by the way.
2: He had a long pass to David Moore, and what yeah. happened on that play, if you watch, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris were playing a nice job at safety all game, and they were really limiting the deep passes. Um, there was that early pass up the seam where Anthony Harris almost picked it off when it was to Tyler Lockett, and a couple other plays like, like that. That, that was rough. Well, what happened on that one was on certain passing downs, they were bringing up Harrison Smith to either pass rush off the edge or to fake the pass rush and drop into coverage. And so they lined up more right there and Moore is too fast to do that against. So what happened was they were running basically like a post route with Moore where he was fading towards the middle as the route went and it created this inside separation and Harrison Smith couldn't catch up to it because he was too busy doing the pass rush fake, and that's what opened that up. It basically put Harrison Smith about three to four steps behind uh, David Moore, and David Moore is just too fast and athletic for that to work. It completely opened up that pass play, and it limited from there on out how often Harrison Smith was allowed to blitz. Well, and David Moore is, let's face
1: it, he's this this team's Jermaine curse. He's a fast guy who can catch the ball at times. You Except say curse
2: was... wasn't fast. Uh, so curse so, had speed curse
1: curse wasn't a burner, but he also had a lot of speed. that's how we won that NFC championship game and uh, curse had his fair share of drops and more uh, definitely I felt should have caught that pass in the end zone in the corner. Um, that was a great throw by Russ. i'm I was a little shocked with how much we used more, but on that big pass play it made sense i'm I'm not sure if I I know maybe he wasn't one with the flu. Maybe he was one of our healthy guys, which is why we, you know, nope. maybe he was faster. Nope. Was he a flu guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then maybe blame the drops Every. on the flu or blame the big play on the flu. I Ever. think
2: it was whoever ended up getting that extra step was going to get it over on that side. But that was designed to take advantage of the uh, of the safety
0: Fake blitz, man. Rashad Penny looks super good out of the backfield too. I'm like pretty yeah, excited, pretty excited about just the way that he he's able to get out of the backfield, make a nice run, a nice route, get a catch. I like to see him uh, on some wheel routes. Well, yeah. he
2: had 19 touches. He had two to of, Carson's twenty-four touches. Had, That's a
0: really nice distribution. He had two evaded ta- had two avoided tackles on uh, pass plays too, in addition to the two that he avoided in the run game. So three in the run game. Three, okay. Yeah. Even better. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh yeah. He's uh he's not he's not a dominant tackle avoider like Carson is, but he's decisive, he makes good decisions. He's 20th in the league in in Pro Football Focus's uh like avoided tackle stat called elusive rating. You know he's right. He's ahead of Eckler and Le'Veon Bell and Kenyon Drake and other guys that I think are pretty decent players. You know, but he's behind Chris Carson, who's good. So you guys ready to talk Rams football? Mm, sure. I still don't understand the white helmets and the gold jerseys,
1: but let's oh, let's wait. dive into
0: it. Uniforms. Okay, we got to talk about it, Eric. What yeah. did you feel? How did you feel about green shirts, blue pants? Don't. It I liked was it better so, than the green green. It was you know what, Kevin? So yes,
1: Kevin brings up a very valid point. I too liked it better than the green green. However. The fa- I would just be honest. The fans tend to love this jersey. I can't be mad at the fans. These same fans probably also like the Red Sonics jerseys, but we'll let that go from twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no man, those jerseys really bother me, especially when we have Wolf Gray in our repertoire. And uh, oh, I want the Wolf Gray more. And I just right. man, I want the I want at the, least the throwbacks. Wolf. I want. I want the I current love the throwback logo the problem with the is old the colors.
0: Uh, they want you You have the alternative just wear helmet. The, it it wear, wear, the, wear the helmet. It's fine. But why do the uh, Rams get two helmets? The, the Rams have shown that it it doesn't look that bad when you do a throwback with like the new helmet because yeah. it doesn't look as bad as you think it's gonna look. Yeah, and I in, love my, the here's old my jerseys. thing: the action green is super ugly. It looks dumb, but we never lose when we are action green, so I guess just keep going. I don't care. True. Uh, <laughs> I'm willing to take it. All, All right, bust out for big games. Let's start with Rams. Okay, last time we played the Rams, we won 30 to 29. We had. Uh, Perhaps the best Russell Wilson performance of the entire season, and Ligatron with was, a rare last-minute misfield. He was excellent in that game, Russell Wilson. I mean, he's been excellent all year. But he's I want to talk about Jalen Ramsey because a lot of people. One thing I've heard people saying this week is, "Oh, it's going to be harder to throw on them this time, like we threw on them last time, because they have Jalen Ramsey instead of Marcus Peters." Have they been watching so Jalen Ramsey so far on the Jacks on as, as a Ram? First of all, just watch the tape. Very lazy. Just looks lazy, like he doesn't care, and I don't blame him because the team sucks. Okay, they've not been good, especially since he got there. They have played really bad, and he has to watch two quarterbacks, Goff and Bortles, play in practice every week, and just be like, "Oh my God, this is what I'm stuck with. I'm back with Bortles." So that's <laughs> gotta be that's gotta be a little bit frustrating back for him. The but the Bortles, second thing yeah. is that let me just give you a statistic to back this up. Okay, he's played six games in a Rams uniform. He's been targeted 28 times, given up 20 receptions, 71.4 percent reception rate against him. Not good. Okay, NFL rating of 99.3 in not his good, career. Boom. That is much worse than his career stats. In his career, he's given up 55.7% reception percentage, and that includes those games when he's played poorly. If you you just suss out the last three years, every year he's been below 55% reception against, and every year he's been below 76.6 NFL rating. So he has been significantly worse than his career stats in the Rams uniform, and I think it's just because he doesn't care. And I don't blame him. Like I said, the Rams have been pretty bad since he got there. How do you go from not... And caring so much on the Jags to not caring now on the Rams. I mean, Rams. he didn't care on the Jags. He literally just sat out of games for no reason and said his back hurts. Yeah, this is I, true. And then he and then he was like, Oh, I'm traded, oh, I'm fine now. <laughs> you know, so I'm good player. I uh yeah, Jalen Rams is a head case, man. You kind of get what you get with him. They they kinda are getting what they deserve. They should have just kept Marcus Peters. Yes, Marcus Peters is kind of a gambler and he can give up a big play, but he also can make a big play. And I think on balance trading Marcus Peters for Jalen Ramsey and giving, up, and giving up and giving up yes. giving up the financials and the the draft picks yep. it's just an overall really poor planning so I'm decision I'm a
2: huge fan of that move because yeah, it, it really makes, helps clear the Rams out of the way for the next like two three years
0: yeah I mean the Ravens like have to be ecstatic about this Peters trade because yes he, like I said he gives up big plays he gave up a big one last week against the 49ers but he makes big plays he already has three interceptions in the Ravens uniform like they mm. they Strictly downgraded themselves Um, the weakness of the Rams defense is the edge okay, they have their defensive ends have trouble setting the edge in the in the run game and uh, That's because they're under a little undersized and I I think that they also have trouble tackling So you really want to attack them on the edge? Well, we have had a player emerge in the last couple weeks that is going to be perfect to challenge these bad To mediocre linebackers and bad edge defenders to set the edge and that's Rashad Penny and I cannot wait to see Rashad Penny running past Samson Ekubom and Dante Fowler Jr. and being like bye guys I'll see you later I'm going to I'm going to take this house I'm getting tackled by the cornerbacks only this is really like the the biggest weakness of their defense because their defense other than that is pretty solid they just have trouble on the edge their interior defenders uh, you know Aaron Donald is good Michael Brockers is good their corners are, are good, except for I think Ramsey is exploitable at this point because he's really checked out. But Roby Coleman and Hill are, are solid. Um, their safeties, Weddle and Rap pretty decent. Like do You you have to attack them um, kind of on the edge, and I think it's going to be a grind them out. I think
2: you can beat them deep, too, is the thing. It's gonna, like You could dig your shots if you force them to respect the run game.
0: It's going to be a grind them out. I'm really feeling that. It's going to be a little bit of a grind them out. I am, too. Luckily, it was, we have a good setup to grind him out because Jared Goff has been not good lately.
1: He wasn't great at the beginning of the season, but it seems like something happened. He took a big turn down. Watching
2: Rams games, it's like he's... Well, it's his blocking. He's like Andy Dalton. If you can't keep him clean, he falls apart.
0: In the last four weeks, he has <laughs> two touchdowns versus five interceptions, and his only good performance is against the Arizona Cardinals. He's also... Um, had uh, seven sacks in the last four weeks. Given up, uh, he's just—it's been just very, very, very difficult for him. He had to throw away five passes last week, last week against Arizona, just because he was under pressure. Like and it's statistically,
2: just- they're functionally starting like four Jermaine Effetts on offensive line, yeah. like guys with that level of pressures given up penalties. Um, if we just take a sampling, we've got, like, David Edwards has started six games in guard for them. Um, he has seven penalties. He's given up a crap load of pressures. Like, th- these are not I mean, good.
0: I don't understand, like, so here, here's the thing, is that their offensive line really bad right now. Austin Corbett, Jamil Darby, uh, David Edwards, whatever guard, guards they wrote, Austin Blythe, whatever guards they're rotating in, they're note boom. They're their all, tackles still suck, too. They're all playing bad. And Whitworth is starting to show signs of aging. He's still a really good pass blocker, but his run blocking has left... Something to be desired to th- this year, to say the least. And I just think that it's kind of... Once he's... Next year, he's probably going to be actually bad. And they will... That offensive line is a dumpster fire. But they have so much cap to help. Oh, wait. No, that's... This team is in trouble. Like, their window slammed shut. Oh, and yeah. They were supposed nothing, to have one more year of nothing Super left Bowl they can contention.
2: Do. And
1: that Super Bowl hangover is real. And now their cap situation I is mean, real. I
0: mean, Todd Gurley, you can't play him more than, like, 10 snaps a game. So, he's useless. Like, they... His snap counts this year 86924186573189. That's how many snaps he's played this year that's in each game.
2: Snaps or touches.
0: That's that's snaps, dude.
2: That's bad professionally. He's, he feels so ther- bad for that guy.
0: 113 man. He's like he's just Oh wait, that's you know what? I read that wrong. That's his snaps. That's his snaps in uh in in blocking. Okay. That <laughs> makes sense. Those are his blocking sense. stats. <laughs> oh, I looked at the wrong thing. Dang it. All so right. he had a
2: game where he blocked twenty four times. All right, but he's still yeah,
0: not getting full, a full repertoire of snaps, you know. And then
2: no, he's still splitting time. He's getting about as much play time as Rashad Penny was for most of the season.
0: Oh, why did I look at that tab instead of the, the I right have no tab? Idea, but I'm mm. not going to call you out on it too much. No, it's it happens to me every once in a while. All right, <laughs> last game he had nineteen rushes, ninety five yards, five yards per rush. But he just can't. They can't hand him the rock like they used to last Not year, to he mention had...
2: our defense is murdering people literally. Like well, that, that's a risk if they're handing it to him. Yeah. Well, with. This was a guy who you could depend
1: on, who you leaned on. Maybe you could pass with Goff and you could open up the passing game. They can't lean on him anymore. That's a big difference. It's yeah, not that he's he's still a good player, but he's not a dependable. And rock. if you
0: get ahead, you can't just hand in the ball twenty five times. Yeah, like, no, did he? He can't do that. That's not a. That's not in their. Uh, they probably also he's not busting big plays this year. He has no rushes of longer than twenty five yards. And last year he was a, and the year before he was a big play machine. So the two things I'm worried about. Just gashing defenses. I'm
2: worried about uh, Gurley in the screen game. Sure. Gurley can
0: be covered by by a linebacker. I'm worried
2: about Cooper Cup being covered by a linebacker.
0: Uh, true that, Kevin. Cooper Cup did reteach himself how to run so that he could be faster.
2: Yeah, he's like two miles an hour faster. That's... A thing that that's, happened. That's big as a it's human such, uh, he must so have, weird. He ran really goofy before. That's so weird. Um, I
0: don't understand. And then maybe he used to run like Tom Cruise. Dude, it weirds like me Steven out. The Segal. more I or think about it. maybe he runs it, like Tom Cruise now. The more I read. No, like <laughs> re- no, he runs like Steven Seagal, where he f- like flaps his wings. <laughs> well, well, we all know That's Seagal how he Seagal used to run. Fashion. Now he's man of the universe. faster.
2: Um, and then the last thing is we have Mighty Mouse himself at the center, Joey Hunt, against Aaron Donald. And we've seen Joey Hunt has a lot of trouble. That batted pass that turned into the volleyball play that turned into the touchdown was because Joey Hunt got beat and the D-tackle basically just held him in place and then jumped up whenever he wanted to. We're going against the most powerful interior defensive lineman in the NFL right now. That's going to be trouble.
0: You're gonna well, to you know what, postage is designated to return. That maybe, would make me feel a lot better. Maybe he can. Maybe he can be ready. I know they have three day, three weeks to evaluate him before they decide to actually bring him back. Um, they they already did this once because they they used the three weeks to evaluate Dixon and said, yeah, yeah, this is not it. They put they put him back on IR. That's a no dog. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. But th- like, those are the three things that I worry about. If the Rams end up pulling off the victory at home and we end up dropping a stupid game we shouldn't drop. I think those are the three things that bite us.
0: All right, here we go. Um, let's get into our, our uh, picks for this week. Um, I'm not worried about the Rams too much. They're trending in the wrong direction. They've looked mediocre to bad, except for last week where they, they beat up on a a uh, Arizona Cardinals team that honestly I think is not trying to win anymore. Um, they barely beat the Bears. They lost to the Steelers with... Uh, Freaking the Mason Rudolph as their quarterback, which is horrible. Um, in We're that game, pre
1: concussion Mason Rudolph, in that uh, game, doesn't matter,
0: John their punter threw a interception. Isn't that's so isn't that so cool? <laughs> the, the fourth quarter score of that game was two to three Steelers. Like, there's so I looked at that box score and I was like, there's so many weird things about this box score. Hecker <laughs> threw an interception, the fourth quarter score was two to three. Bortles had a run like what is what (laughs) happened in this game? There's a guy named Johnny Munt who showed up on this chat sheet like he's the class. He's their third. He's their third string tight end. But like it's just a weird just a weird box score. And then last week I really felt like the Cardinals decided to go for draft picks last week. They looked at the they looked at what was what was happening and they're like, hey. We need like the second pick if we just suck really bad for the rest of the year, and they they're packing it in, man. They're not trying anymore. I would tend to agree. They, they ran really over. It. They ran over twenty times in a game. They were down by twenty seven. They need a lot of <laughs> good defensive for fantasy, help. and also uh,
2: Chris Johnson died.
0: So I feel bad for Larry Fitzgerald, man. I like. I just want him to have a, a moment in the sun because uh, of all Seahawks like divisional opponents, I think I have the most respect for for Fitzgerald. Um, plus, his his glutes are just like huge. Ooh. Yeah, but David
2: Johnson's dead. He has Nathan's a, in love.
0: I mean, dude, have you seen him? You can oh, yeah. you can tell before you before you he even turns around or anything, or you see the numbers. You're like, oh, that's that's Larry Fitzgerald's butt. It is way bigger than everyone else's. What is going on?
1: Yeah, it's it's a shame he'll. Uh, <laughs> Kevin in Kevin in the just desert. Kevin just gave me like
0: Becky. a knowing nod right there, like like a uh, like um Fitz Fitzie got back, yo. like that like that gif, <laughs> like that gif of that guy where he's just standing there and then he just gives that tiny nod that was Kevin. Um
1: meanwhile Nathan is the guy in the yellow suit behind the tree
0: with uh, his hands together. Buccaneers <laughs> scored 55 points on the Rams. Like I looked through a lot of their box scores and like watched some of their tape and it is a it has been a bizarre season for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: you said it's going to be a grind, but this is a team in Seattle. We're scoring a lot. We're scoring over 30. Right. I think every they'll week.
0: score too though. It's going to be a grind. Like it's going to agree. It's going to be agree, tight. Agree, yeah. get it's it's
1: going to be a
2: grind, but not in the
1: way that it, normally Not means. the 17-14 grind. No, no,
2: get your B-hole ready is it's what gonna I'm gonna saying. Be, it's going to be like a 42-35
0: grind. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm, I would go lower <laughs> than that. All right, let's do scores then. Uh, all right. What you got? 33-29 Seahawks. Eric.
1: I got a lower scoring game. I'm going 28-23 Seahawks.
2: We're going 39.30 Seahawks.
0: All right. So uh, that's it. That's our picture next week. That's our thoughts about Rams and uh, Vikings. Uh, if you want to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, there are many ways to do so. The best way, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for as little as a dollar 24 a month. Check out our uh, Patreon. For
2: $8.99. Di- oh, sorry. Wrong uh, wrong, wrong. Yeah, podcast.
0: you can hear me do a really bad Chris Berman impression. I will say this. Uh, go three episodes ago. I think that was my, like... Uh, that was my he magnum peaked. opus. I, I don't know if I peaked. Last week was really good, too. This week uh, was OK. J- James, Tom, Lucas, Kerry, Richard, Bob, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Flocktomus, Keith, Michelle, Brian, Frank, Nick, double, Malcolm, Mark, Gavin, everyone. Josh, there's so many people that support us. Thank you so much for doing so. Um, and uh yeah all right movie club this week's says uh mystery slash suspense slash thriller uh kind of a that difficult so excited, kind uh, of a category that overlaps with a bunch of other categories so like i had i had trouble this week uh but i uh i came up with a nice little list that i feel really good about let me um let me address though someone made a movie club criticism just saying like um that you know, movies can be as long as they want and um, I say that's a subjective opinion and everyone's entitled to their own Wait, opinion. Wait, what was that in regards to? What did you... So I, I I said that I just thought like lots of movies, like movies in general but especially like Endgame are just like crazy long and I just, for me, it dampens the experience a little bit because like I'm like, I get antsy in a three and a half hour movie and like one the thing, thing I is just like when I watch a movie at home and it's that long, I actually enjoy it more so like I think when I when i watched like i watched the irishman but i watched it in two sittings you know so it's like that was cool like i mean i didn't have to sit there for three hours in a theater with a bunch of people i don't know and uh in a chair that i don't like and i
2: can't pause it if i have to go
0: pee yeah i paused it when i had to go to the bathroom it was great um all right so the worst suspense movie let's start with that um, it was Velvet Buzzsaw. And I just wanna I just wanna take a moment. There's a lot of there's a lot of suspense. To do an
2: un-recommendation. There's
0: a lot of suspense that's throw movies I didn't like in the last ten years. Uh, High Life, um, Mother, I particularly have a disdain Thank for Mother uh, Hateful Eight. I'm not a huge fan. But Velvet Buzzsaw topped them all. Um, and I'm just gonna give a quote directly from the movie. Uh, that will make me, that will let you know how I feel about it. And it's just that critique is, <laughs> critique is so limiting and emotionally draining. So let's go ahead and move to the movies that I actually uh, do like. Movies that are um, suspense slash thriller slash mystery. All right. Um, Eric, start starts off, you, you, got, you got your short list. Yeah. Hit it, hit it, hit it.
1: I got a short list because <clears throat> I had a lot of trouble with this. I was doing a lot of repeats. Um... I think this is one of those where I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that movie. Oh yeah, Kevin, that's great. I didn't think about that movie. So here we go. Uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't uh, if I didn't say Nightcrawler. The long deserves to be on this list. However, I'm leaving that off because was, we already we already I've, rated it in a different way, and, right? and I rated it very highly on another list. But I had to put it out there. So short list. Here we go. Uh, a little gem that Kevin and I have talked about. A lot of people haven't seen it. It's on Amazon Prime. You were never really here. It is a uh, is a revenge movie, not in your typical Death Wish sort of way. It's a it's a movie with
0: Joaquin Phoenix. That movie that movie slaps. It's good. That it's, movie's really
1: interesting. It's differently. It's paced differently. It's very serious. You're not gonna feel great watching this movie. It's got a little blue ruin in it. It's got a little blue ruin in
0: it. Uh, I I think several of the movies that are gonna come up in this list have a little bit of that hard to watch blue ruin vibe to them.
1: Yeah, another movie that uh, we did bring up before, but I did not, so I'm going to go ahead and bring it up, and that's Drive. Drive is a a perfect example of a suspenseful movie, plus the first 10, 12 minutes of that movie. Straight Daggers. Uh, I Saw the Devil is a movie I put in the horror category, but something about it, it's just so suspenseful because you're watching it, what's going to happen to your main character, your protagonist as well as The Enemy. You're, that's a tense movie. It's, it's one of the most tense movies, and its I've, I've never felt so exhausted watching a movie. I recommend it to everyone. A movie that I don't think makes the list, but I did want to say on here, don't breathe. Just don't do it. Uh, that's a very suspenseful movie. Probably not great, but I thought it was really interesting. Uh, it, it was trying to like hit the horror genre. I thought it was a very interesting suspense movie. Green Room. Big, big favorite in this room. I did love that movie. I just don't think it's a horror movie. It fits in perfectly here. And uh, top of this list, guys, Blue Ruin. So good. I love Blue Ruin. Oh, here we go, Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin's on
2: this list. Blue
1: Ruin has a little Blue Ruin in it. Has has quite a bit Blue Ruin in it. If you don't know what Blue Ruin is, it's a revenge movie that is... It's the the, the
2: most realistic revenge movie. Yeah, and it's written
1: in a... It's not written in a certain way... It's like a regular guy, so this is, uh, it's not Bruce Willis, it's not a, a guy with a lot of, uh, you know, hours with a gun. No, it's the dude who worked at the Blockbuster around the corner from your house. Yes, who's, uh, who didn't really have a great professional life, but he had a really meaningful family life, and his world was crushed. Just watch this movie. It's on Netflix or Amazon. It's really awesome. You should watch it. And up. the
2: moral of the story is that revenge just screws everything.
1: Yeah, well, this is the old saying: uh, when you, uh, you know, when if you're planning revenge, prepare to dig two graves. Kevin.
0: All right, <laughs> I'm gonna go in. Here we go. Uh, Nathan. So here we go. <laughs> yeah, I go. I go next because Kevin always has the most movies. <laughs> That's <true>. uh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna that. start with the, I'm gonna start with a couple like uh, honorable mentions. These are movies that I think are are good or maybe underrated, but probably shouldn't be on this list. Uh, at the end, it comes at night um, is a cool movie. It's way better than people give it credit for. Uh, but it's like one of those things where you feel like you're watching a movie that's almost really good the whole time,
2: and it never quite
0: it never quite makes it to like actually really good. Um, so that's my opinion on that. Oblivion. The sci-fi. It's a. It's got like a nice like thriller mystery element um, that I think uh, made me want to put it in this category. Uh, I find it quite enjoyable. Um, I like this movie better than like anyone else I know, and I think it's mostly because the visuals and the soundtrack. I don't know if the plot is actually very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the soundtrack is really really cool to me. All right, let's get Always into movies better. that I'm actually uh, actually like rating as possible. Okay, Get Out. Um, Get out is super cool. Uh, it's it's maybe my movie of the decade, um, and it has the, it has a cool tagline. Just because you're invited doesn't mean you're welcome. That's a that's a very it's a good, really fitting. It's a really fitting tagline. I did that, not know that was that the works. Line. That's really um, good. The I think like one thing that's good about this movie that maybe sets it apart from most other movies with me is that this movie gets better the more you watch it. Everything a lot of things about this movie change when you have add more context Um, like you watch the movie a second time and you're like oh I see this scene completely differently than the first time I watched it because of uh, what I know about the movie which is really really cool not a lot of movies do that so I think that that's why that movie kind of stands apart for me and I think it's uh, really fantastic the movie Searching I knew this would be on some the list. That was on my list. That I is a seen that it. is a very creative way I to. Seen
1: it. No, you keep telling me to watch it, and I just haven't. That's this is a, a interesting movie. It's
0: a very creative way to present a um, thriller. I mean, it's CSI, it's CSI Cyber, but better. So, I mean, however you feel about that, like if this is like the uh, the best episode of that. Um, but you know, no Ted dancing. So, however you feel about that. Mona. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Actual these are my these are my actual list right so then I gotta go with a uh, with a cartoon Eric I'm ready well, Adventures Adventures of Tintin Ah
2: yeah. oh, in
0: suspense uh, huh Yeah no that's mystery. a mystery
1: mystery Oh okay
0: Yeah it's a total mystery I, just I had so much fun in that it's, movie They
1: discover a ship I didn't care about the mystery it, I guess it's I did got that Who Done It and it's got those two guys in it the the twins that you're like Oh what? it's a go what are these It's, guys it's just
0: an adventure mystery man It's really good animation great Plus that made like seven One other thing lists. that that I think you people underrate about um, uh, animated movies is how they frame up the scenes, like the camera work in it. And Tintin does a really good job of that, better than almost every animated movie ever, which isn't surprising because it's Spielberg. But it's like, unique. But like that's it's uniquely to, yeah right. I mean, it's unique to that movie, which I think is is really, uh, really cool. Okay, um, this is off the wall pick, and I think I, you guys are gonna make fun of me for it. But the this is a documentary. Ooh. And it is called Tickled. Have you guys, let me start with this Have you guys seen this movie? I have seen
2: parts I have
0: not How have you seen parts of this? How did you not watch the whole thing? Uh, Because
2: uh, somebody wanted me to see it And so they showed me like The beginning They showed me the beginning And then like a 10 minute clip In a different part and, or, like, a five Why minute Why would they do that? And then this, I that, haven't seen like, the rest of it. That's
0: like the worst way to approach this movie. Know, but the like, best way to approach this movie, I ha, Eric. I, ha, I have you, not been able to get a hold you of You know the nothing movie. about it, right? I don't know anything about it's it. You know okay. the name is Tickled? I do not I'm going to tell you one thing about it, and then I'm going to tell you you should watch it. Okay. It's about competitive tickling. Okay? You should. You should <laughs> I'm already in You, you should watch suspense. it. Because I'm going to tell you that this movie. <laughs> here we go. You ready for this? It is not what you think okay and that 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 pitch will get you I to watch so it so many but th- it is things i'm trust thinking. me it is not what you think as whatever you're thinking it's not that it is this movie is insane i cannot stress it, this movie is awesome anyone who i'm hoping someone comes in i gave it a four out of five and i think it's like really really like deserves to be in our in our top five and i'm gonna maybe go to bat for t- for tickled a little bit i know it's like <laughs> an off the wall pick well, you know
2: we have a documentary. Like genre day. No,
0: this fits better here. Trust me. <laughs> see if this is <laughs> when you see anywhere. the whole movie. It used to be on HBO. Um, I don't know if it's, I've never had the chance to watch the whole um, thing. That's, I need to just make time for that. I don't know if it's on anything anymore. It's. Uh, but it used to be on HBO. Oh, it's on Hulu now. Oh, nice. So do you, if you have Hulu, you can watch it. Um, okay. Fortunately, I do. And then I um, do. I have two left, Kevin.
2: Uh, you yeah, have the maze you want, man. Oh, but the, I yeah, mean, like, two officially.
0: if I, like, for my, top for my, like, top five, right? Yeah,
2: I think have uh, two Next
0: movie I'm going to do is Raw. Uh, I brought All up right. in horror, but I think it might fit better here, actually. Um, that movie's really good, and uh, it, I think it, like, is an interesting approach on the uh, the horror-thriller genre. Like, the just a take on a character, and that movie's just really good. Also, has a really good tagline. What are you hungry for? Like, that is, that is <laughs> an awesome really tagline. I remember when you movie.
1: were talking about um, seeing this movie, like a year ago or eight months ago, you were like, Raw, I'm, I'm going to watch no, it, was it, a long, it. was longer than that. It was a while ago, It was like,
0: because yeah. when, when it came on Netflix, I was really excited. I was like, I, I've heard about this movie. I got to see it. And then I watched it. And guess what? It's not on Netflix anymore. So, so you made your <laughs> choice. Good luck finding it now. <laughs> uh, and then finally, my number one pick, uh, the my favorite thriller. I I had to like take some out, you know, that obviously uh, doubled up and stuff like that. Um, oh wait, I, I have two now because I wanted to talk about Knives Out. Uh, yeah, I watched, I saw Knives Out yesterday. I gave it four out of five. I think that or Sunday I saw it Sunday because uh, there was no Seahawks game, so I had time to go see a movie, and I thought it was really excellent. Um, the best line in the movie? Um, no, I think it's the best line in the movie. Well, when he said, "What is this CSI KFC?" <laughs> I don't know that let me me last so hard. Oh, see, I don't uh, know my
2: favorite was uh, what I realized was it was a donut. Oh my god with that hole that, that actually inside was like the it made me cringe with kind of a hole. it was so bad it was uh, so good.
0: Um, yeah I think that Ryan, Ryan Johnson just did a really also, good job here. it reuses a joke from the movie North this movie actually has what? a point of view, um, which is which is fun. From Eric, um, saw this
1: movie in the theater. Right. North. Then my yes. re-
0: so now my real number that movie should be in a, in a candidate for our top five though. It's really good. Yes. Uh, number number one, uh, Incendies. Uh, I c- can't talk about this movie too much because I know Kevin hasn't seen it, and um, uh, if I had, to, this is a powerful movie. Um, you will be emotionally devastated at the end
2: it is the director of enemy and uh br 2049 sicario arrival all sicario my favorite and all my favorite movies and the obviously yeah.
0: obviously i know what I like prisoners is really good too um okay
2: incendies oh if you haven't seen polytechnique that's an amazingly powerful movie uh same director
0: yeah so just just yeah see this movie uh it's really good i'm making i'm forcing it into the top five i don't care if it's fifth all right kevin what it or give me some, I I actually know a couple you're gonna say but that I might have said two, but I, I Confidently predicted that you would say them. So now you can go. go okay,
2: ahead. so um, a lot of the ones that are Probably ones that more people have seen I left for you guys to name and you did a great job because uh, Drive was one that I was interested in putting on here um, and Knives out I saw the devil was on my list. I was happy to see that one, Eric. Nice. And searching didn't we didn't we rate that in the in the horror? No it kind of did horror though? not make the
0: list for horror. Okay, good. Okay.
2: So Green Room did, and Get Out did, and then Nightcrawler made the crime. list. Oh, Get Out
0: did instead of Us. Okay, yes. I was confused about so that. So that's remember. why
2: those are on my other lists. Ones.
0: Okay. So a couple I want to mention um, that I are like how I can't even remember what, <laughs> what, what age these are did. huge
2: for me. So. The Handmaiden, it's a Park Chan-wook movie, mm-hmm. you can see it on Amazon Prime, this movie is intense as shit, and like, it's dark, and funny in ways that shouldn't oh, be there's funny. More. there's one I forgot. That's an
0: excellent movie. Do you want to name it now? Oh, Ex Machina.
2: Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think uh, about I was that for the shot, but I, that's, uh, a, that's a correct... Please I
0: uh, that, There's a lot of mystery to
1: unpack
2: there, and when you do, you're like, hmm... Yeah, it's this is a movie that other people tend to rate higher than I
0: do, but I think it's a good movie. Yeah, it's really, uh, really, I think. It's and this is the correct hard. genre for it. Um, I think it fits here. Uh, any like movie that makes you feel a lot of anxiety, I think, feel like fits in this category. So that's why I think Nightcrawler is a good pick, Eric. Um, and you could you could put some horror stuff in here, uh, like Ten Cloverfield Lane, might have been a really good movie to put in this category too. I like that movie um, quite a bit, but I didn't know it was on any list. So the Handmaiden, uh Parasite,
2: which mm-hmm. is all the rage right now. Yeah. Uh, 2019 release it's again kind of a a genre blender um, and it could go in a few different spots for when we go to do movies but this is one that you felt tension throughout the movie they did a really good job of setting the tension with the score or like the way they would frame a scene it would make you anticipate something happening and it either would or wouldn't that was very interesting
0: hmm What I'm surprised has not been mentioned yet is Gone Girl. I mean, I'll be honest, Gone Girl's a good movie, but it's just like not for me. I, that is my exact
2: review. Oh, I, like, I really like the like it's good. I'm story not,
0: of that one. It was a really interesting movie. Yeah. I'm not trying to like bash on Gone Girl. Like Fincher's awesome and Ben Affleck is really talented, but it's just it's there are many there are reasons why it's a very hard
2: watch and why the ending is really difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it fits the genre extremely well and yeah. it's a very
0: well-made movie. It's just not like a movie that I want to watch. Does that, does that make sense? I respect that opinion based on having seen the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I get w- I, I was like, okay, I get
2: it, but yeah. Um, and yeah, Fincher's really good at what he does. Uh, another one, Shutter Island with DiCaprio. Um, that's one where you're not quite sure, uh, what's happening it's an unreliable narrator um it kind of takes you through some twists and turns that was a really interesting movie that i think has gotten lost that is well worth seeing and it's definitely a suspenseful movie my one of my buddies after he's like do you see that movie and i said yeah i did Uh, i watched
1: a couple weeks ago he's like so and i said blank and he's like no no Fuck you Eric (laughs) No And I was like This is why I think
2: it Blah 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 And yeah So it's Good discussion afterwards Yeah Um, Wind River This is a movie That I like quite a bit I think it's really well made I like Jeremy Renner And I don't care What anyone else Has to say about that Don't look I
0: see your eyes I feel them We talked about Wind River A lot in the action episode Yep And
2: I think it fits Even better here Because again It's a movie where you Really feel the suspense Of the moment and then my last two, um, no surprise here, a couple of uh, foreign films, uh, "The Wailing," mm-hmm. uh, where there is a affliction in a um, village. I've in never seen it, but I kind of know South about Korea. It. And uh, the movie is trying to figure out what's going on, and there's um, some debate over whether or not there's paranormal elements. It's a really interesting movie. Um, it's too long, but it's very good. And the last one and one that it's one of a couple of movies I'd stand on the table for in this one is Burning.
0: Yeah, I knew you were gonna say Burning. That was the movie I was like most confident Kevin was going to say.
2: Uh Burning
0: is one that I think definitely stands on the list. Has anyone else seen it? Yes. And there's cool the thing I like about Burning was there's cool long shots. Um it it's like Um It's good, but it's like really long it, for me.
2: The the thing is that The whole first half of the movie is kind of a setup. Yeah. And so it makes it feel like it's kind of long. But then once things start happening, things really start happening. And it's this weird thing where you'll be watching the movie and there's a pivot point in the movie and you'll be asking yourself, like, is this actually happening? Or am I just thinking that this is happening? Or are they trying to make me think this is happening? And then slowly things kind of go the direction they go from there but it's a really really interesting movie i
0: do feel like this movie and parasite are similar in a lot of ways Um, they're both korean they both kind of have like a deliberate pace to them and um i would say that you have to kind of make a choice there i don't think both of those movies like can go on the on the top five so would you pick burning or parasite I'd pick Parasite if I had to pick between me, the two. Me too. That's why, like, in comparing those movies, I feel like but Parasite I really just slightly better. Bur-
2: I really wanted Burning to be in a mention. That's what because I'm saying. I like, if you if you would
0: have said like I think Burning's a better movie, I think I would have just rolled with it. Just so you know, because I don't think <laughs> that they're that far apart. I don't but think they are, but I Parasite's think Parasite Parasite to me. all of its notes better. Yeah, and I mean, they do have kind of like. Um...
2: But we're talking like a, for me, it's a four and a half out of five and a five out of five within a genre.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I just I, think Parasite's I, the five. I went four and a half out of four. Like I, but I agree. Like I just think. Generally, I try really hard not to give fives unless it's like blows me away in the first viewing. And then to get a five, usually I have to rewatch it. So yeah. like, like none of my fives are movies I've seen one time. So if I, if I watch Parasite again and it like blows me away again, I'll probably bump it up. Just so you know, like yeah. I just generally don't give a five on the first watch, The um, which that's a that's a personal view. So let's go ahead. Uh, let's do Parasite um, in some spot. You, you down with that? Yeah, I
1: think we can grab um,
0: Parasite being on the list. Uh, Eric, Eric,
1: have you seen Parasite? No, but I know how much you're raving about it, and I will see it. Okay. E- Eric,
0: do you have a do you have a one that you like
1: feel really strongly about, like that? You know, I saw the is devil it... didn't make the list. Right. Blue ruin is really high up there. If you don't want to take both, uh, I, I probably got to go with I saw the devil. That might be a five okay. for me. All right, let's do that. I saw the devil is a good one, I think. Yeah. For such a disturbing movie,
0: for it to be so high, okay, it, I... for not knowing me, that speaks very highly. of the I'll film. put Incendies in here. I think that's like going to be my like uh, stand on the table pick, Kevin. You want I have one? a
2: feeling that Incendies will be uh, on my list. Once you should I watch it. So I, mean, I you haven't that. seen it either, right, Kevin? I Are really Eric? want to see it, but I haven't. Yeah, it's no. dope. You should. Uh, then I have to put The Handmaiden on here. Okay. this movie is exceptional. All right, I have not watched it, so I, um, I know about
0: it, but I have never. It,
2: seen for it. people who don't know, it's from the director of Old Boy, and. Yeah. It is an evolution in his work. It's just, it's, it's again, it's a bit longer, I, but I it didn't. is so worth the watch. But it's, it's, it's fucked up. I didn't it's like it's that really they good. changed
0: the title from Lady. That's uh, to, when they released it in America. That's
2: uh, I will <laughs> say that The handmaiden makes a lot of sense.
0: But but Lady, that's like a, cool, that's like a that cool. Kind of name. So uh, we're at
1: four right now. Yes. Um, uh, I might nominate my car's engine light. I came uh, over on the way over here. Stresses <laughs> you a lot. Kevin is acting like he's not stressed, but I can see the tension. But we're going to try the gas cap trick when we get out of here. But,
2: yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm willing to leave it off the list, though. Um, I'll, I I want to put uh, Knives Out because it's a true whodunit. And we don't have one of those on here. I would say Knives Out, Searching, and Tintin Tin are the three that I think most make sense to round this out. Um,
0: If we're picking between those three movies... I feel like ones, Knives Out is the most different all of our tastes. I think that Eric will like Knives Out a lot when he sees it this weekend. So I think <laughs> I think that that's probably the choice. I think Eric, I think you'll okay. like that movie better than I do.
1: Honestly, you guys both liked it you a have, lot. You have, it, you it, have, that means something because the trailer you have that, you have that big star power. Okay, the the do you want to hear my problem with it? Do you want way. to
0: hear my problem with it? Is yeah. that in the first like half hour of the movie, I was like, I could have told you everything that was going to happen after that. It was still really cool, but like it was like not that I did not feel surprised at all. And I know that like the director of a mystery movie is supposed to leave you clues, but like compared to like a movie like clue, let's just use that. Cause this, this is a very comparable movie to clue. I think clue has like a more clever, uh, like structure and reveal. Whereas like every time there was a twist coming out, I was like, I could have told you exactly what was going to happen, which kind of bothered me a little bit, even though the ride was really great. Does that make sense? My counter to that is this, as somebody who also is
2: very good at following the plot of a movie and doesn't get surprised very often, what I constantly felt was the case in this movie was there were like two or three things that felt equally plausible, like there were breadcrumbs for it. I and mean, then it would take a I, path that you knew was this, on the list of things that definitely made sense.
0: This will trend into giant spoilers for a movie that came out last week, so I don't wanna go too far in it, but I'm just gonna say like, the. It was very easy to eliminate almost every suspect. Like, like I think that's true. A lot of the suspects you could
2: eliminate pretty quickly, but there were still
0: you were like, okay, it's
2: possible things that could be happening. But the
0: ride was really good, and the that's, ride was really that's good. the thing. I, I and think it was it,
2: way funnier than I thought it would be.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could put it. I'm fine with it being fits. i I'm just saying, like, it's not. It's an imperfect movie to All right, me. We got to order it. Oh, uh, well. Once you see it, number one will be incendies, but for now you can put whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. You could put it once so, you could put it first now or you could change it next week. Do until, you want to
2: do incendies, handmaiden, parasite, I, know, I saw I know, the I devil? It
0: out. It might not be first for Eric. I think you should put I saw the devil second. Because I think that's the movie that would be first. If, you'll love that movie quite. If a bit. um if you don't like incendies as much, I think that's the movie that would be first. I think Handmaiden would be first. I think Eric and I both like would like I saw the devil better that's just my opinion because i think that movie's great and i know eric really really likes it
1: i do it's really great i'm um, another movie we're not putting on this list but uh that could still fall under one
0: thing that's interesting Good time. yeah good time good not a good time actually no. that's a that's a misleading false, title i like it better title. for the one thing the that's prompt. interesting is a lot of these movies that we're talking we've talked about today are korean
2: that's because they're
0: doing just, a good job with that just something to think, of, think about um kind of cool All right, so uh, get into Korean cinema. That's the lesson of this week. We will see you next week. Go Hawks.